0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl Ong and this is Bar Nun, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Recently, at the World Dodgeball Championships, the national men's team won gold after beating Australia 10-5, making it their third World Championship title. The Malaysian men's team are world number ones and their feet in Edmonton, Canada solidified their standings at the world stage. Winning it for the third time after back-to-back triumphs in 2017 and 2018, it was a revenge of sorts after losing in Mexico in 2019. This third title came just days after the nation celebrated its 65th Independence Day And joining me this week on the program I have team captain Aaron Peck and coach Ken Lau As the duo recount their experience in Canada
1: I think to a certain extent still hasn't sunk in Uh, To be fair when I first saw the the post from the King and Queen I was... Very shop. Uh wasn't expecting it expecting it. So when we so I I believe one of my teammates actually forwarded it to me on Instagram then when I saw it, I was uh, my mouth dropped, I was like, Oh damn, this is this big. And even one of my colleagues from work uh forwarded it to me, say like, dude, this is huge, you know, congratulations for the king himself. Then, so well done. I was like, yeah, so I I I think, you know, small things like this, um, it's really nice, you know, to get the support from, you know, not just from the government, but also from, you know, uh, His, Maj- His Majesty himself. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just, a, just a, a good fact to know, right? The King and Queen are dodgeball fans. Yeah, that's <laughs> good day. to know. Uh, Ken, uh, how's the experience in Canada like for you? Like you said, you know, it was your first year coaching uh, the team?
2: It was quite hectic, honestly. Yeah? Because we
0: coached the men's, the women's and the
2: mixed team. So, over the course of five days, we... Me and Coach Daryl, we were running about. So there were times we were coaching back to back. Where I remember it was, I think it was the knockouts. So we were coaching, we were up like three hours in a row. Hmm. We were standing hmm. three hours, but it was a good experience for me personally.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we'll get more into coaching and what's like, you know, to coach a, a dodgeball team a bit later on. But you guys uh, went in as kind of heavy favorite uh, to this to this tournament um, did that in a sense add any pressure to, to, the, to your players as, uh, at all? you know of course you know you expected to win
2: prior to going to Canada, the men's have been in five finals in a row, mm. so the expectation for them to do their minimum finals was very, very high. but
0: I think we had a really good group of
2: guys this year, so
0: mm. yeah. Uh, in in terms of you know looking at dodgeball globally, Malaysia definitely were world number ones right now. But other than that, who are the I guess highlight countries? Would you say? I would
1: say that the U.S., Canada, and Australia would be the we we call ourselves you know the big four you know Malaysia included. But when we went over to Canada this year, Hong Kong really surprised us. So I believe Hong Kong they. They beat Canada in their group stage and in the knockouts, I believe Hong Kong also did beat the US as well, right? Yeah, they did yeah so yeah. that that was a big surprise to all of us, all the all my guys. So we, we know there's no longer a big four, there's now a big five, hmm. right? So the competition is getting tougher and tougher each year.
0: Oh, that's very interesting because, you know, um, dodgeball is... Primarily, you know, still pretty much it's infancy in terms of, you know, competitive scene and the professional things like that. So it's just interesting that every year there seems to be like a wildcard country or a new yeah. country coming up. And, you know, that only speaks similar to how dodgeball as a sport is growing in popularity around the world, isn't it? Yeah. Most people
2: don't know this, but if I'm not mistaken, Worlds started back in, if I'm not mistaken, it's 2013 or 2014. Mm. The first one was held here in KL.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah.
2: But back then the level of dodgeball and the level of dodgeball now is not the same. Mm. Yeah. It's much more competitive now.
0: Mm. That's great and more people are playing it. Yes yeah, well. for sure. Yeah. Um you, before even you guys got to Canada, right? Um there's always that issue and, and it's the issue with not just dodgeball but even, you know, core Malaysian sport, athletics, for example, At- athletes find it hard to get funding you know sometimes they've to fund themselves to to go for this tournament's representing the country right and and I, I know you guys uh, had a bit of trouble as well you know trying to secure funding to get to canada even tell me about the that, those struggles and you know did you guys you know try to talk to the government for help and things like that
1: right uh so definitely we did reach out to the government for help so um Thankfully, we actually did manage to get a monetary sponsor from Better Malaysia Foundation, right? So they they monetized us, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was f- about 50 to 55K uh, oh, wow. for, for the whole group. So wow. it's a good start. Mm. Uh, so we hope uh, moving forward in the coming years, we will get more and more uh, monetary sponsors, Not perhaps not just from, you know, uh, the Better Malaysian Foundation, but also perhaps from government bodies as well, like KBS and you know, yeah. other things, and or maybe private uh, companies
0: as well. Yeah, and I think if, if we win with more victories like this, if you guys it will yeah. be hard for for the government to ignore. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. And, but then aside from that, we did also put in our own efforts in terms of uh, raising our own funds. So we did a few fundraisers uh, over a few days in Tasepok. So we I think we raised up. A fair amount uh, for the players, and then also we used our jersey sales mm. uh, to fund the team as well. So we were some we were subsidized a little bit, uh, but our huge chunk of what we. I mean, we still had to pay a big sum of a big sum to
0: go to Canada. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's part and parcel of being an uh, athlete these days, right? Yeah. You not just have to be good at what you do, good at your sport, but also you have to have that entrepreneurial k- kind of mindset as well, right? Of how to how to raise funds. And you know, it's glad that you guys did it, and you guys, you know, brought back results. Yeah. <laughs> taking it back, right? Rolling back the years. You guys have been in this game for a long, long time. Um, what was it about dodgeball that I guess drew you guys in? And and why, why try it competitively?
2: Uh, for me, it was because my sister, my older sister used to play. And back then when I was young, no one played with a teenager. Oh,
0: right. So
2: I would always sit outside watching them play. And then when it was my turn to go to college, it was a done deal. It was four years in the making. So I never really
0: mm. switched after mm. that. And the scene in the colleges and schools are very much structured right like um there's there, actually leagues that goes there is on. a presence
2: yeah
1: there is yeah. a
0: presence yeah how, how about yourself college as well uh
1: so I actually started when I was still in high school so my brother brought me along to his dodgeball training at over at taylor's so mm. I believe it, I went over on a school holiday I remember in detail he brought me over on a school holiday it was the only day my mom allowed me to go for training so <laughs> I went there visited uh, met some of his friends uh got to know the sport fell in love with it almost instantly but for why I like it so much I like that it's very high paced I I like how the game can switch momentum very easily you know it makes the game very exciting to watch as Mm. a spectator Mm. Uh, but I also when I was that young I always I told myself you know I want to be I want to be on the court you know I want to know what it feels like to be one of those players. You
0: know? Yeah. yeah. I remember back back in, in, <clears throat> in my time in school, at least, bola racun, right? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> it, it was the yeah. thing and, and there wasn't any like, you know, proper rules, inverted commas, and, you know, uh, structure to the game. And now it's just crazy to think that there are leagues now that's happening in Malaysia and, and, and stuff like that. I, I wish I had that uh, when, when I was in school. But uh, in terms of, you know, dodgeball, and I have to bring up that movie, right? <laughs> ben Steelers yeah. that movie really popularized um, the game uh, in particular. And dodgeball, and I'm sure you guys know, uh, is played very differently uh, in the West in terms of play style and stuff like that. Um, Malaysia, as uh, we are, I would say, the champions of, of Asia right now. Like We are one of the only few countries that, that play dodgeball internationally. Um, in terms of play style, this for you, Coach. Do you see any differences in, in play style when it comes to East and West?
2: I think the West has been very blessed with having a lot more strength in, in terms of them being much bigger in size
0: and all. Does that help in dodgeball, though?
2: It obviously does. Oh. It obviously does, but there comes with cons as well because when you're that big, sometimes you tend to be a bigger target as well.
0: Exactly, yeah. Uh,
2: but over in the East, we, I think teamwork has been a really big part of our game. So when on court, there's always six players, but sometimes the West tend to play more individualistic mm. and hoping that one can play off one another. But back home, how we operate is that we have a we don't really have a pre-fixed way in the way we play, but
0: there's a system to how it works. If I do want to play dodgeball, <laughs> if I want to get into it competitively, um, what's the skill sets that I need to have or essential to, to the game?
1: Well, I'll take this one, right? So I think first one... Uh, you know, you got to learn how to th- obviously throw the True, ball. Yeah. Uh, the game is called dodgeball. And also the second bit, you got to learn how to dodge. dodge yeah. right? So these are the first two skills that anyone needs to learn when picking up the spot, right? But aside from that, there are some, you know, soft skills as well that that uh, defines a really good player. So like what Ken said, uh, teamwork. Mm-hmm. So comes with teamwork communication. Uh, so, you know, when you're on the court, uh, when it gets really loud, you uh, constant flow of communication between all the six members is very important especially for Malaysia we like all of our players you know to be on the same page at every second of the game
2: so uh, that's one tip I could share with you uh, I think I think to emphasize on communication the reason why dodgeball requires so much more communication is also because dodgeball is the only sport where you have multiple players having multiple balls Mm. so like with traditional sports like football and basketball Communication is important there as well, but you revolve around that one individual ball. But with dodgeball, the players that are holding these balls can influence the game a lot. So having communication is very, very important.
0: That was team captain Aaron Peck and coach Ken Lau from the men's national dodgeball team that recently won their third championships at the World Dodgeball Championships in Canada. More of that conversation to come, so do stick around. Only here on Bar None on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl Ong and you have been tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the show, we've been speaking to the duo of Aaron Pack and Ken Lau who are team captain and coach respectively of the men's national dodgeball team who secured their third championship a couple of weeks back in Edmonton, Canada. Malaysia are world number ones and as a host of clubs and social leagues. Picking up where we left off, how do the team choose players to represent the national team? Here's Aaron and Ken.
2: I think over the years, it has transitioned a lot. Like me and Aaron, we have an age gap of maybe five years. Yeah. So back in my time, when I used to play a lot, being more accurate and but being a bit calmer mm. would help. But right now, in the modern days, being quick on your feet, knowing how to do pretty much be a jack-of-all-trades, is the most important thing now. So mm. a lot of the players that are in the team serve as really good role models for the younger ones to sort of... You know, just mm. watch them and see how they play, and then just pick up all the good habits.
0: Mm, I see. And in terms of like you know putting those six players in for 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 the match, and I'm sure there's rotating substitutions, mm. right? Um, how do you decide on the initial six? I,
1: I definitely do have a say, but um, ultimately the I mean the big boss or the big man <laughs> is it will be Ken, right? But before every game, we would have a discussion on you know who who we think would be. Uh, you know the first lineup, the first six for that particular country. Which lineup would be the best, mm. right? So, but I believe, like if I recall correctly, during the group stage, uh, every game we had, we had a different six. But then oh. progressively towards the knockout, the first six became a little bit more standardized.
0: Oh, right. okay. So it kind of changes the first six kind of <laughs> changes yeah. di- during the tournament. So
2: the reason we did that was because prior to going, I I knew that over the years they always had this issue where towards the knockout stages and the finals, they would encounter injuries or fatigue. And this was an issue that has been around for years. Mm. So without really telling the players, throughout the round robin stages, we had to mix it up and switch it up. Mm. Even if it upset a few players for not getting as much game time, but when we got to the final few games, then it wasn't time to mess around already. Mm. So then we went with the proper lineup.
0: Okay, so there's yeah. yeah, there's a lot of strategy as yeah. well, a lot of man management on your part as yeah. well, you know, to go that that goes into it. Uh, okay, um, so talking a bit about um, um there's foam balls and there's <laughs> cloth balls as well. You guys play with foam, yeah, right? Um, for someone who's uninitiated, what's the differences between these two? Is there two different types of uh, rules when it comes to dodgeball? When it comes to two different disciplines?
2: Okay, when I first started, when I was fourteen, we played fabric only, fabric here right? in Malaysia, mm. but then. If I'm not mistaken, four years later, when I was 18, then they transitioned to foam. Fabric, fabric and foam do not follow the same rules. So foam has six balls while fabric has five. Okay. The rules differ a little bit mm. and the way to play differs a little bit as well. Which one is more fun? It
0: is completely <laughs> up to the individual. Right. Are there uh, cloth uh, ball tournaments as well? Oh, sure, yeah, for, yeah. for sure. So why do you guys choose foam then? For me personally, it
1: was what was around at, the, at that time. At time. So, like, mm-hmm. as Ken mentioned, only when he turned 18, that was when f- uh, foam balls were introduced to Malaysia and that was also the rough timeline where I joined in as well. So, I only knew about fabric balls in Malaysia when I was maybe about seventeen, okay. So uh, before that, I thought that you know foam balls have been around for forever in Malaysia. Then only when uh, I think one of my friends told me that hey, we actually used to play with fabric balls and brought they brought it to training. I was like, oh, what's that?
0: <laughs> Looks like a volleyball. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm assuming that uh, fabric balls hit a lot harder. Oh, they do. You do? Yeah. yeah, so like
2: back then we used to play just for fun, right? So we used to throw in the car park. Uh-huh. And once we threw, one, once one of my friends threw a little bit too
0: hard, but it scratched the car. Oh, no. <laughs> then we just ran. <laughs> yeah, so foam balls in that sense, safer. It's yeah. safer, yeah. Both for the and for the car it's as clear. well. I want to talk a bit about, you know, when you guys have selected your players. And then obviously, you know, there'll be months of training mm-hmm. uh, before you guys go to tournament. Tell me about that, you know, how often you guys train. Uh, you guys are part-time athletes, you know, so to take time off work and, and stuff like that. T- tell me a bit about your training schedule, you guys.
1: Uh so for all right, so I'll give you a, like a rough uh, like a rundown. Sure. So on we'll have our national trainings every Tuesday mm-hmm. from seven PM uh to eleven PM. Uh okay, was... so then for I would say for all of us we will then have our separate club trainings. So for me, I train my club trains on Thursday whereas Ken's club trains on Wednesday. Mm. Right. So Uh, apart from that aside from so that's just the dodgeball that we have Uh, and if it's during our league season we will have a league on Saturday as well so it could be maybe two to three times of dodgeball in a week and then aside from dodgeball we also have our gym trainings as well Hmm. so gym trainings will be slotted in between whenever I'm not playing dodgeball Hmm. so I'm pretty much uh, work, working or practicing seven days a week but nice. I, I give myself one day I personally give myself one day off which is my Mondays
0: <laughs> so I get six I train six days a week that's crazy uh, it sounds like a full-time full-time job man
1: yeah uh, yeah it does <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh, in terms of infrastructure right uh, I've been to you know I'm a big futsal player and sometimes when I go I see the courts um, there'll be teams there playing dodgeball Mm. Um, in terms of infrastructure Ken do you think Malaysia do we have that infrastructure in terms of the uh, dodgeball courts and things like that already available
2: yeah I think using existing futsal courts is more than suffice yeah
0: Mm. Uh, how about in terms of you know the people that want to play Uh, do you see more aspiring dodgeball uh, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: people that want to give it a try
2: I think I think there is it's just that maybe there isn't an infrastructure to welcome many newcomers yet. Mm. And that's what we're trying to fix in next year. Mm. So we have a couple of things set up to introduce dodgeball to newcomers and transition them into being competitive players as well.
0: That's great. So there's a proper like carousel yeah. of, of players coming in. That's great. Um, growing the spot... Competitively, um, there's even talks of you know it's under the Olympics watch list now. The government announced when you guys won that you know there's this uh, there'll be a ten year plan almost for dodgeball to be in the Sea Games and, and Asian Games as well. Um, do you think dodgeball as a game is ready for this kind of major multi sport tournament?
2: I think it really boils down to the other countries, the other Southeast Asian countries. If we're talking about Sea Games, I I do know that Singapore plays brunei place i know vietnam and indonesia touch a little bit about it but there are no concrete like leagues mm. what the press conference what they mentioned was that they're in the midst of helping them set set it up but how quickly they'll do it is i have no i have no idea
1: well i think i have to agree with ken on this you know well, if there is uh, it really boils down to the other countries as well. If there is, uh, like you said, there's uh, there's no leaks happening in like countries like uh, Indonesia or maybe perhaps the smaller Southeast Asian countries. But for me personally, I I do. It's a dream of mine that dodgeball does get implemented in the Sea Games, mm. ultimately the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think I also mentioned this in one of our in a in a video I did uh, with one of our sponsors that it's it is a dream of mine and I I do want. I hope that this uh, happens before I decide to retire from Doshua because I'm not going to be 23 for <laughs> forever. Yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. I'm currently at my... I'm not sure if I'm I can if i considered at my peak, but uh, who knows how long I can keep this up. But I eventually, I, I do know I'm, I'm realistic enough to understand that at a certain age, my body will start slowing down and there's no way I can keep playing at an international level forever. So right. hopefully soon, but... Yeah, uh, you know, gotta be realistic as well
0: why I'm bringing up this question is because of that stigma right you see in the Olympics there is recently there was breakdancing as well mm-hmm. there was skateboarding and all this aren't traditionally sport mm-hmm. per se right do you still feel there's, there's work to be done uh, here in Malaysia in terms of dodgeball being recognised and, and accepted as, as a sport
2: yeah I think the only way you would ever put it as a core sport is if majority of people actually play? Play, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Mm. So I think the association must now switch their focus into the local scene rather than focusing on the international scene because the international scene is in twenty twenty four. So in twenty twenty three, we must move a little bit faster with the local scene as well. Mm. And I I do know they have things in in. In the planet, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's working.
0: Mm. And to the point that you brought up, right, you know, you have to start things locally, right? It's great that we are doing internationally, but we've got to cultivate that whole dodgeball yeah. culture. A good place to start would be in primary schools and stuff like that, right? For
2: sure. Mm. Right Right now, there are, there are schools that play dodgeball, but mm. we're talking private international schools. We haven't really touched yeah, the, the government, government schools, schools yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because
2: yeah. dodgeball can get quite expensive with equipment hmm. so that's not something that the government schools may be ready to pay
0: okay wait how expensive can it get
2: so a set of balls are anywhere from back then okay I'm, I'm not sure because i don't buy balls anymore but 350 ringgit for oh, six wow. balls
0: oh wow. okay
2: but if i'm not mistaken it's four now 400 now wow. and like we use them sparingly maybe two months so maybe eight training sessions worth. Hmm. So it can get quite expensive.
0: Hmm.
2: If you compare it to like football, basketball, then yeah, it can oh. start getting really pricey. Hmm.
0: Fair enough. Okay, guys, um, what's up next for you guys after winning uh, this championship? Is there any upcoming tournaments or events that people can check you guys playing?
1: Okay, locally, I, uh, there'll be the grand finals uh, happening at the end of the year. Uh, but aside from that, uh, in terms of open tournaments right now, um, uh, aren't too many happening at the moment. But next year onwards, there will be uh, more tournaments happening locally. Uh, as you mentioned, there'll be that uh, there'll be the Asia Pacific Invitational. It's gonna be hosted here in KL. I believe it's in the month of May. So I believe that 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 tournament will be available to watch to you know uh, whoever wants to go and watch. Great. Uh, mm. um, yeah. Do you know, so do
0: you know where where is that yeah.
1: Um, okay. I think the venue for now hasn't been confirmed yet, though. No. Mm.
2: But that, but that tournament will attract all the international teams. Yeah, for sure.
0: Mm, so yeah. the the cream of the crop. <laughs> yeah, all will be there. So, so a s- lot of
2: the players who went to Worlds,
0: I think, they
1: will be there, there as half well. Half of them will come. So I believe uh, there will be players from Canada, the uh, U.S. There will be players from Australia as well. Hong, not too sure if Hong Kong will be coming, but yeah. But you would we can expect to see players from the big four, big five here in this tournament here in Malaysia. So whoever is, you know, wants to get into dodgeball, that would be a very good tournament to get a good taste of it.
0: Great stuff. Um, any tips uh, for people who, you know, are listening to this, really wants to get into it, but not sure quite how, you know, to, to get into dodgeball. Any tips for them to get started?
2: I think just come and play socially. You'll find out that there isn't really a set way to play dodgeball. Like, we definitely have a set way, but if you want to play for fun, you Definitely can. Like, I think I played the other day with a a guy in his 40s. Hmm. He was just having the time of his life. And for us, because we coach, right, so we teach anywhere from starting at the age of seven and they enjoy themselves too.
0: To round things off, guys, um, you guys have been in the scene for a long time. What's the ultimate goal? Where do you hope the Malaysian dodgeball scene reaches uh, in the foreseeable future?
2: I think naturally, just compare it to any other leagues out there, like the NBA, the the EPL and that's what I think most players would want the leagues to sort of aspire to Mm. but it would take a long time to get there how far would you say are we from reaching that if you're if you're not talking that big all all it takes I think it's a decade Mm. for for private companies to start realising or or maybe Aaron if he in 10 years he somewhat becomes successful and can own a team can take a decade
0: Mm.
2: personally for me
1: I think locally uh, I do wish to see a few more you know tournaments um, happening so this promotes newer players to you know come and try out the sport. if not competitively socially Mm -hmm. right so just so they can you know uh, put their feet in the water and if they are really you know keen on the sport, then they can just you know jump in the pool Mm. and then start swimming with us (laughs) (laughs) right but so so that's one you know uh, having more tournaments uh, locally and then also I mean like what I mentioned earlier I would love to see you know the the game you know get introduced, Sea um, Games, Olympics, you know mm. things like this.
0: That was Aaron Pack and Ken Lau, captain and coach of the men's national dodgeball team that won their third championship at the World Dodgeball Championships in Canada. With that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit that interview again, do head over to our website www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name is Daryl Ong and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.